0: Attention fans, this is this, this the, Devil's the Devils State, State of Mind, Mind podcast. podcast, brought to brought you by, to you the, by hockey the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's, now your, here's host, your host, host Neil Villapiano. Devils fans, I'm back. What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your best friend, your confidant, Neil Villapiano. And welcome to another much-anticipated episode of the Devils State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as Sportswire Radio. The best place to get everything you need to know about your red, hot, new Jersey Devils. As always guys, I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys so very much as always for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. I greatly greatly appreciate it. It means the freaking world to me. It really does and I'm so excited to be back, you know, recording and you know, doing what I love and that is talking about this New Jersey Devils team. It's truly it's, it's truly phenomenal. This podcast episode and everything we do here at The Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored, as always, by our great friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you want to get in on all the exciting action and all of the unbelievable opportunities to get huge cash prizes, DraftKings has got the offer for you. You go to DraftKings right now, you sign up, you use our promo code THPN, and don't forget to tell them... That your boy, Neil Villapiano, sent you. Once again, a big shout out and thank you to our sponsors, DraftKings Sportsbook for sponsoring the Hockey Podcast Network as well as the Devil's State of Mind Podcast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it has been a little bit more than a week since the last time you heard my lovely voice. And the reason for that is because I went on a little vacation last week. I was in Puerto Rico, uh, more specifically San Juan for the most part, because uh, I have family, particularly my sister who lives in Puerto Rico. So I had the chance to go visit her in you know, her element and had a chance to do a lot of great things. So I will discuss in in some detail what I was able to do while I was down there for five days. And then I'm going to basically recap, not like I normally do where I go specific, you know, period by period. But I'm just going to basically recap the last three games and give my opinion on all three of those games. And then I'm going to look at the Devil's um, schedule this upcoming week. And this will be the first week uh, that I'm back fully covering the team. It's going to take me a little bit while to get back into the swing of things. And uh, I hope you guys are patient. I know you guys are patient. And I appreciate also you guys being so supportive of me, even when I was on vacation. So thank you guys very much as always. Really, really do appreciate it. So as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil State of Mind podcast, so let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So let's start things off with where have I been? Because, you know, even when I'm out and about, you guys know that I try very hard to put out content both on social media, uh, on Twitter, at Devil State, as well as Instagram, at Devil State of Mind, and obviously here on the podcast. Um, well... While I was in Puerto Rico, I pretty much made the decision that I was going to take a break. I was going to spend a lot more time away from my phone, pretty much unplug from everything and just focus on having a good time. Now, obviously, that was um, you know, some people might say that's a little bit of an issue, considering the fact that it's, you know, right in the middle of the season, and there were three major games that happened this past week that obviously could have been really good to cover. But again, I'm sure a lot of you would understand and obviously resonate very much. Sometimes you just need to unwind. And, uh, you know, I haven't had a vacation like that in a while where I could really legitimately just relax and I could just have a good time and I can enjoy my time being in the place that I was in. But yeah, I took a trip with my family to Puerto Rico, San Juan. Uh, And again, like I mentioned before, I went went specifically to go visit my sister, Angelina, um, who lives in San Juan. And uh, she's been living there for a good seven to almost 10 years now um, that she has been living in Puerto Rico. And this was the first time in my life that I got a chance to go and experience Puerto Rico and experience, you know, the type of world that um, that she lives in. And one of the things that I really took away from that whole experience is just the fact that that, you know, just like in many other countries, it's a completely different world than what you're used to being in the United States. You know, the United States, especially when it comes to sports, you know, you're bombarded with it on a day-to-day basis. You know, there's so much going on. In places like Puerto Rico, it, it's not the the be-all and end-all. I mean, there are sports, yes, but not they're not the the major sticking point of a lot of things. Um, and, you know, everyday life for a lot of those people is very much different than what we're accustomed to. Uh Accustomed to dealing with, you know, they're just a lot of very hardworking people who are just trying to make a living and trying to enjoy life to the best that they possibly can. And I think that's something that you really, I was really, really taken, um, taken aback by and I I very much respect the uh, Boricua people. Um, You know, just to kind of describe a couple of the things that I was able to do while I was in Puerto Rico is uh, I went to a bunch of different places to get food. Uh, At least two places I went to, I was basically having dinner right on the beach, which is a really, really cool experience. Um, I'm sure there are places around the United States where you get that opportunity. But this was the first time where you could legitimately have dinner and you could look to your right and the beach and the water is right there. And I think with the 80 to 90 plus degree weather and the humidity and everything, I mean, it was just a nice way to unwind and relax and really just kind of take it all in and really feel like you're in a completely different world. I think that was the thing that really stood out to me the most, that it really felt like I was just in a completely different uh, situation. And the food was phenomenal. And what was great about my sister was simply that we got the chance to experience uh, Puerto Rico authentically. We didn't do the tourist stuff. We didn't stay in a touristy hotel. None of, none of that stuff. We got to experience San Juan and Puerto Rico f- exactly for what it's all about. And we really got to experience how my sister um, experiences that country on a day-to-day basis. And I think that was the important thing for me. And that was the biggest thing I wanted to take away from the whole experience was just simply the opportunity to really learn and experience what it's like to live in this country on a day-to-day basis and what it, what it does have to offer, I think. And that was, that was a really, really great thing. And the food was tremendous. Um, I was really, really um I was just very fortunate that we were able to try so much different food. And uh, boy, did I get full several times while I was there. So, yeah, that was a really great experience. Um, We went to some, you know, pretty big – Pretty big landing points. Uh, first and foremost, we had to check out the beach, and we went to a couple. One of the beaches that we went to, which was in a place called Luquito, um, was tremendous because there were no waves. So it was just a very, very calm beach, uh, relatively shallow, but the the water was great. It was a beautiful day like it was basically every day I was there. It was just a phenomenal experience. Um I really, really enjoyed relaxing there. Uh, we also went to the rainforest, which was so cool because we got to see several waterfalls, which was great. There was a, a little tower that you could walk up to and look out and you could see a lot of Puerto Rico from there. It was absolutely breathtaking. But the biggest and coolest thing that I took away from my experience in the rainforest was this um, this hideaway swimming hole that uh, you have to walk up um, a little bit You'd have to hike a little bit, walk through a, a path, and you find this swimming hole, which is basically like another mini waterfall. And you could go there, and you can, you know, swim there, and you can have a good time. The thing that was a little scary for me was uh, because of the high altitude and how cold the water was, you actually could um, have a little bit of trouble breathing. You could still breathe, but you could obviously feel like it's a little bit harder. To breathe in general so a little scary but nonetheless it was a very very cool experience and uh that was probably one of my favorite parts of the entire trip so that was very very cool another thing that we got to do was we got to go to this um Basically, this, uh, I guess you call it army base, this fort that has been used by many people over the history, including the United States back in World War II. Um, and you could check out all these really cool, uh, you know, secret pathways and you could go up to the top and look out at the water, look out at the city of San Juan. It was absolutely beautiful. It was, it was tremendous. That I got the chance to experience that and learn a little bit of history and all of that stuff, so that was great. We also got to, you know, check out Old San Juan and experience some food down there, experience some culture as well, which was very cool, and learn about some of the riots that, well, not riots, some of the protests that have happened uh, in Old San Juan, right by where the head of Puerto Rico um, lives and works. So that was that was a very interesting thing. Uh, another thing that uh, you guys should probably know is that my sister teaches uh, dancing classes and um, most, you know, more specifically salsa and merengue. And, um, you know, I got the chance to learn from her. She's a very good teacher. Uh, She definitely thought that I was a natural because it kind of came very easily to me. And uh, yeah, we had a good time learning. And then she took us out to the nightlife on Friday, which was, which was great because it's different than what you experience here in the United States. I mean, everybody's dancing all night long. A lot of people are super friendly and really when it comes to that type of dancing, especially salsa, it's really just about finding somebody. It's just, you just find somebody and you start dancing. It doesn't matter who it is. Usually it's, it's, it's a stranger and you just go and you have a good time. And I danced a lot. Um, I stayed out pretty late experiencing the nightlife of, um, of San Juan, which was, uh, which was pretty cool, especially because it was the busiest night of the weekend, which was Friday. A lot of people are out. A lot of people are dancing, having a good time. And uh, yeah, that was, that was really, really cool. And the last day that we were, the last full day, and I was um, in San Juan, we got to go up to the mountains and uh, check out these little shops, which I got some gifts for some of my friends. Uh, we got to see like a pig roast, which was really, really cool, and, and get some really good pork and some really good food in general. Uh, and just taking the scenery again, it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I tried to get as many pictures as possible. And then obviously on Sunday, I, uh, I flew back. And now I am home. And I will say that I really did try to watch the Devils when I had the time. So on Tuesday, I got to watch the third period of that game against the Flames. Um, The game against Ottawa, I got a chance to watch the third period and overtime. And luckily with the game on Thursday, I was able to actually watch the entirety of that game. Um, so there, I'm sorry, the game on Saturday against the Coyotes, I was able to watch that game in full. So there was that. So as the, as the week went on, I got to watch more and more of the games, but I also made sure to watch the highlights as well. So that you guys know that I am about as fully up to date as everybody else is. Um, and obviously if I do miss some things, I do apologize. But again, I was using this vacation to really unplug and to really get away. And uh, I know a lot of you are very supportive of me, and I appreciate that 100%. And as always, I am looking forward to getting back into the swing of things. And I'm recording this episode actually on Tuesday the 15th. So this is going to come out a little bit late than what I normally put out episodes. It's actually coming out the day of the Devils game uh, tonight against the Montreal Canadiens. But this will be the first time in a while that I get to legitimately be in my house, watch the games, and cover them on social media like I normally do. But... Bottom line, I want to say thank you so much to my sister Angelina for really giving us the full authentic Puerto Rican experience and really showing us where you know she lives and how she lives and her whole experience. And I'm so happy that she's in a place where she's really um accepted, really loved, really cared about, and ultimately she really feels at peace with it. So I'm very happy I got the chance to experience all of that. But that being said, I am so excited to be back here in New Jersey and getting a chance to come back and do what I love, and that is covering this red-hot, and I mean red-hot, New Jersey Devils team. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if you do. So if you're feeling like you got your team in the bag and you know that they're definitely going to somehow get a win, although if you're like a Raiders fan and you end up losing to the Jaguars like you did, maybe it's not a good idea to bet on them. But regardless, check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app right now, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. And with payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our promo code THPN and place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So now let's talk about this Red Hot New Jersey Devils team. And really quickly before I do the recap, I do want to let you guys know that, again, because I'm recording this on November 15th, Tuesday, 2022, the Devils did just announce that their reverse retro uh, jerseys, um, the ones that are honoring the Colorado Rockies, um, they are now officially for sale and they are officially available to buy. So if you go to NHL.com and you go to the Devils website, you can get your chance to get one of those. So make sure you get them. Um, As far as, As far as I'm concerned when it comes to that, I'm actually going to wait. And the reason I'm going to wait is because I actually want to see what they look like um, on the ice. I want to see what they look like, you know, with people wearing them and go from there. Uh, When the Devils did the reverse retro with the uh, red, green and white, and it was mostly green, that was easy for me to get because I knew that I was going to like it. This one. It's not that I don't like it. I actually have, like I said, like I said before, when we were uh, reviewing it a couple weeks ago, the more that I looked at it, the more I liked it. But I still am, you know, I want to see what what happens. I also did just buy a Jersey from the NHL shop. And it actually is the devil's hockey fights, cancer Jersey. And the reason that I bought that is because I do plan on making my return trip to the provincial center for the first time in a while. When the devils come home after this three game Eastern Canada road trip, uh, when they host the Edmonton Oilers on the 21st um, for uh, their hockey fights, cancer night. And it's a, uh, it's a special night for myself um, as well as um many people. So uh, I'm looking forward to being there. And if you are there, if you do plan on going, um, don't be afraid to come by. If you have a chance to see me, don't be afraid to come up and say hi. I really love interacting with you people. I've had a chance to interact with a lot of people uh, in person um, since I started this podcast. And it's been really great that I get the chance to do that. So thank you guys so much. And uh, I'm just looking forward to getting back to the rock because after this past week, you know, this team continues to amaze me. They really do. And I remember, and you guys remember last week, um, shout out to my good friend Devils Fanatics on Instagram, one of the better fan pages, uh, Devils fan pages out there. He was really, really pushing the whole idea of, you know, let's pack the rock, you know, let's get as many people in there. And it really started with someone on, on, um, on Reddit, that uh, he's a fan from another state that was really telling Devils fans that we needed to be at the Rock for these three games. We really need to show our support, especially with them coming into this uh, homestand on a six-game winning streak after a dominant Western Canada road trip. We got to show our support. That was really what this was all about. And I pushed it as well. And it's just funny how I was pushing it, yet I couldn't go to any of the games, which was unfortunate. But nonetheless, nonetheless, this team is just unreal no matter what adversity this team faces, they just don't give up. That's the way, that's what I've taken away from this early parts of the season that they've had several types of adversity and they've responded so well to every single one of them. Like, if you think about it, like look when, look what happened. Look how the devils responded. When Andre plot went down with that injury and got put on IR Fabian has stepped up tremendously and has been a big energy boost on that top six. Remember when Mackenzie Blackwood got hurt against the Edmonton Oilers on that Western Canada road trip? You know, he comes out, Vanecek gives up a goal right away on the power play, but then Stonewalls do it the rest of the way, and the Devils were able to come back and win that game. And that's phenomenal. And now that uh, Blackwood got put on IR and he's going to be out for a couple of weeks now, which is unfortunate, Akira Schmid has stepped up tremendously in the game and change that he has played uh, so far since he got recalled up from uh, Utica. So, again, it's just different guys stepping up. And, you know, what's interesting is that you look at a guy like Jesper Brett. Jesper Brett has not gotten as many points as he was earlier um, this, uh, this month and this season, but he's still putting up points here or there, but other guys are stepping up tremendously. And that's, what's great. And it's not just our top six. It's our bottom six, specifically the BMW line of Nate Bastian, Miles Wood and Michael McLeod. You know, I feel confident that they can score goals when they're on the ice as well. I feel confident when all, you know, when all four lines are going out there, that they're going to be able to make some sort of play. That's going to help us win this game. And I do want to say this straight up. Shout out to all of you awesome Devils fans out there that really packed the rock this past week. You guys really are the true stars. I got a chance to see it. I saw it. I heard it while watching the games on television. I was so blown away by how packed you guys, you know, made that rock and how tremendous it was. And so I give you guys a lot of credit for doing that. So thank you guys so much for doing that. And let's keep it going, especially with the way the team's playing right now. We got to keep it going. We got to keep showing our support. We got to keep cheering on this team because they're feeding off of our energy. And as a result, they continue to win games. One specific shout out I want to give. There's one in particular, and that is the legendary Brad Pack, AKA Brian, by the way. He just actually um, introduced himself publicly to the world on his Twitter at Brad Peck 63. And the reason that I want to shout him out is because he was on the devil state of my podcast a while ago, a couple months ago, actually. And this was before he really, really got big. Um, you know, we had him on talking about, you know, his love of Jesper Brad and some of the rumors that he had heard and things like that. But I've had the chance to interact with him many a times. I'm actually in a group chat with, um, with Brad pack. He's a really, really awesome dude. And he was able to get a major Brad pack gathering or get together after the game on Saturday against the coyotes. And he had, I think it might've been over a hundred people. It looked like it was over a hundred people and they were going to take a picture at center ice and the devils. And I, again, I don't know if this was planned or not by Brad pack, or if this was the devils doing this, um, you know, as a thank you, but Jesper Brett in his suit after the game walked out to center ice, shook Brett Pack's hand and took a picture with Brad, with the Brett Pack, which was phenomenal. And so I think that that was great. And I'm really, really happy for my guy uh Brian, because what he's been able to build in the short time that he has uh, had, you know, the Brett Pack is tremendous. And I remember he was showing a pic of the first meetup, which was only like six or seven people to where it is now. It's amazing how how big it's grown and Jesper Brett obviously plays a huge part in that with how well he's kicked off the season the Devils play a big part in that with how well they've been playing in general and so because of that things get more popular things get more noticed around the league and that's what Brad Pack has done and I've seen him on many many different um, you know podcasts YouTube channels on social media in general it's tremendous so uh, a particular shout out to Brad Pack for the tremendous job that he's done and uh, pretty proud of the dude who actually also just got engaged. So congratulations to uh, Mrs. Brad Pack as well um, and Mr. Brad Pack. Uh, but shout out to uh, to Brian, man. He's doing a great job and uh, he'll definitely be on the podcast again in the near future. Um, obviously, it'll be uh, with a much more popular Brad Pack, but I just wanted to give a shout out to him. And again, a shout out to all of you Devils fans for being there. I wish I had had been there for any of those games because it would have been an awesome experience. But I'm looking forward to coming back uh, later on next week when the Devils return home from their road trip. So with all that out of the way, let's now recap these three games that happened this past week. And we start with the game against the Flames. It was the second of that really weird home and home. The Flames coming in. Losers of five in a row at that point, and the Devils came away with a gutsy 3-2 win over the Calgary Flames. They are now 2-0 against the Flames this year. I don't know. I I don't know off the top of my head because I didn't check the schedule before I started this. I don't know if the Devils play the Flames again, but I think it's pretty much certain that they've won the season series against a very good um, on paper very good uh Flames team this was really a defenseman's game because two of the three goals the Devils scored came from two of their top defensemen Ryan Graves with that really really nice goal um coming off off the rush going top shelf by the way that was the that was the third goal that Devils had scored that period and the first that actually counted because there was obviously an offsides on the goal from Siegenthaler and then um Yegor Sharangovich kicked in a puck he deliberately kicked in the puck to score a goal and it was Funny with Sharikovitch because he was smiling immediately as he scored because he knew it wasn't going to count. And then when the ref came back and said no, go out the reviewing it, he was smiling. So it was funny. It would have been hilarious if he had gotten away with it. But nonetheless, Ryan Graves' goal did count. That tied the game up at one. Dougie Hamilton actually was able to get a goal, and he's actually started to really pick things up offensively, which is big. But the play of the game was the GWG goal with a little bit more than eight and a half minutes to go in the game. Nico Kiescher coming up the left wing. He just takes a wrist shot that goes through the legs of Mark and in. Big-time goal, gives the Devils the lead, and they lock it down and get the 3-2 to two victory over the Calgary Flames to move the winning streak to seven in a row. So a really good start to this uh, homestand for the Devils. And then we move to the game on Thursday against the Senators. And this was, and I haven't had the chance to say this a lot over the last couple of years, but this really felt like a trap game for the Devils because the Senators coming into it, you know, they had had about 12 to 13 fewer points than the Devils. They've really gotten off to a slow start this year, although recently they have been starting to pick it up. The Devils obviously coming in with a seven-game winning streak, looking to continue, and on home ice. It just felt like that this was probably going to be uh, a tough game and that the devils may at times look like they were taking it lightly. And to an extent they did, the senators really came out with a mission. They wanted to be the ones to end the streak. Uh, Brian Pinto in particular was tremendous. He scored two of the three goals for Ottawa. And, uh, what was actually kind of cool is that uh, I think it was probably a bunch of college friends that Pinto had from his time at uh, North Dakota state. Um, he actually scored two goals, one of them right in front of uh, his uh, his friends who were going nuts. So that was kind of a cool thing that we got to see. But the Devils, regardless of that adversity, regardless of the fact that it was a trap game, they still found a way to win this one 4-3. to three. And there was a lot that happened towards the end. It started with Vanacek. He got hit in the head on a collision from Thomas Shabbat late in the second period, was slow to get up finished that period, even played almost half of the third period, but Lindy Ruff took him out for precautionary reasons and in stepped Akira Schmid, who stepped up tremendously as he stopped all seven shots that he faced in the third period in overtime. And you go back to the beginning of the overtime period where the Senators were on the power play and it was like, okay, if the Devils are going to lose, it's probably going to happen right here. And there were twice where the Senators had the puck right at the doorstep, and Akira Shmied made a great diving cross-crease save to deny the Senators of scoring. That gave the Devils some momentum. They drew a penalty, got right on the power play, and just six, seven seconds in, Dougie Hamilton with a wrister from the point just gets deflected just enough by Nico Heisher, and that gets that puck into the net. And the Devils win in overtime. Nico Heischer getting his second goal of the game and his third in the last two. And the Devils, despite that adversity, still come away with the win to push the winning streak to an impressive eight games. So the Devils, with those two wins, secure the winning record on the homestand. And you shift to the game on Saturday night against the Coyotes. And once again, I will reiterate, this again felt like a trap game. The Coyotes have actually been relatively competitive through the early goings of the season. They're not towards the bottom of the NHL. They've actually been um, more towards the middle of the pack, a little lower than middle of the pack in the 20s area. So again, you knew that this was not going to be an easy game. Now, prior to the game... Uh, Lindy Ruff did say that Vanacek was not going to play. He wasn't even going to suit up, but he was fine. That it wasn't anything major. They called up Nico Dawes to basically back up Akira Shmied, um for this one. So the Devils had both of their AHL goalies uh, suited up for this game against the Coyotes. And Tomas Tatar, in particular, had a big game. And it's been a long time coming because he's had many chances early on this season where he just had no luck. And he was really struggling. Um, but when he got that goal to give the Devils the lead, you could see how um, how all that frustration was coming out. That he was so relieved that he finally was able to score. Scored it from the slot. It deflected off a stick. But nonetheless, it did get up in the back of the net. He also did add an assist in this one. So he had a, a two-point night. And the Devils were able to come away with a 4-2 win. Over the Coyotes to complete the three-game sweep of the homestand this past week. Jack Hughes' goal, which gave the Devils the 2-1 to lead, was an absolute snipe coming up the right wing. He's going top shelf and beating Vimalka. There's no way Vimalka makes that save. It was just an absolutely tremendous goal from Jack Hughes. A little bit of a uh, hands up in the air getting the crowd pumped up on that one. Yes, for Boquist, who actually has been playing pretty decently on that bottom six. He was actually able to get himself his first goal of the season, kind of on a rebound of his own shot that kind of fooled Vemelka enough. Dougie Hamilton getting himself another goal. Really, really playing well right now offensively and also doing well defensively. There's no question about it. But just seeing his offensive game taking a step here is really, really good. So the defenseman continuing to make contributions uh, to the score sheet. Brad did get an assist in this game, so uh, he was able to get a point in this one. And Akira Schmid, who with that win on Thursday, coming in for an injured Vitek Vanacek, that actually ended up registering as his first NHL win although it was only like a period and change, um, he actually got the chance to start this game fully and did a really good job, got himself his second win. So Akira Schmid, since being recalled up from Utica earlier this past week, um, has been able to win the two games that he has been involved in, which is uh, a complete turnaround from last year when in the times that he did play, he didn't get a lot of support. But several of the Devils players have talked about they wanted to make it a lot easier for Schmidt and the defenseman did a really good job. And when Schmid had to make saves, he did. So that's giving now Devils fans, including myself, confidence that even Schmid could come in and uh make contributions. So that is really phenomenal that Schmidt's been able to do that. And we'll see um what he can help, what he can do to help this team moving forward. Nico Heesher. Sure. El Capitan has really been on fire of late. He is currently on a seven game point streak. And in that span, he has five goals, five assists for 10 points. So Nico has really stepped up. And I know The Athletic last week put out an article talking about Nico really growing his game and becoming more of a, in many ways, an NHL star. And I've harped on this before on many podcasts and other podcasts that I've been on as a guest, that Nico Kiescher has the ability to win the Selkie Trophy. He is our Patrice Bergeron. He is a tremendous face-off man. He gets you points. He's able to dish out, you know, assists. He's able to score big-time goals like he's done. He's an overall two-way forward that does his job so very well. And I think that if he continues to play this way, he's going to get recognized more and more and more. And so I'm so happy for the captain that he is stepping up, not just off the ice, but certainly in the last uh, in the last seven games on the ice as well. So Nico has really been uh, flying and we'll see if he can continue his point streak and move it to eight games uh, tonight against the Montreal Canadiens. So. Overall, an absolutely awesome, kick-ass, tremendous uh, home stand for the Devils, moving their winning streak from six games to now nine, which is phenomenal. And looking at the Devils' week ahead now, let's let's look at it. Devils are currently on a nine-game winning streak, which is the longest since two thousand and seven. Um, in two hundred three, the Devils' winning streak went about as far as I think thirteen games. So the Devils are a couple of wins away from tying and potentially breaking the franchise's longest record for most consecutive wins in a row. So let's see if the Devils can get it to double digits tonight against the Montreal Canadiens. Devils currently sit with an amazing 12-3-0 record, good for 24 points, which is awesome. They are first place in the Metropolitan Division, and they're actually up by more than one game now. They're up by four points ahead of the second-place New York Islanders. So the Devils have a little bit of space, but that does not mean that the Devils can, you know, rest their laurels or anything like that. They have to continue to push the envelope here Uh, with those 24 points. That is the second most points in the Eastern Conference behind the first place Boston Bruins. And it's only four points because the Bruins have 28 And the Devils have the third most points overall in the National Hockey League. So the Devils continuing to be the biggest story of the early going month and a half almost now, or actually basically month of the NHL season. That is absolutely phenomenal. The Devils continue their winning ways. So the Devils are now back on the road for another three games. They go back to Canada. This time for an Eastern Canada road trip as they start Tuesday, as I mentioned before, Tuesday tonight in Montreal against the Canadians. Then they travel to Toronto on Thursday to take on the struggling Toronto Maple Leafs. And then they wrap up the road trip on Saturday afternoon against the Ottawa Senators. So the Devils have some games here that they have a chance to win. And with the way the Devils play, I'm always going to feel confident that they can win the game, no matter who they are playing. So that is, uh, those are the three games coming up this week. Vanacek again, as Lindy Rubb mentioned is fine. Um, Nico Dawes was sent down on Sunday. So that pretty much tells you that Vanacek is going to be fine. He will join. He will travel with the team on the road trip. Um, so it'll be Vanacek and Schmid again uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, Jonathan Bernier did say that he really doesn't have a timeline. He has no idea when he's going to be able to come back. So for the time being here, especially with... Um, with Mackenzie Blackwood being out for the next three to six weeks, um, it'll be the Schmied and Vanacek show and most mostly uh, VTech Vanacek. And th- both of those guys give me confidence. And this team in general gives me confidence. And because of that, I'm just so excited to get back to covering this team and talking to you all and interacting on social media and obviously doing the podcast. So I'm really happy to be back. Uh, it was a great time to unwind and unplug for a while, but I'm so excited to be back starting this week covering this team and as i've said before let's keep the fun times rolling